Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. I wish you would listen to me. Oof. Nice way to start. Yeah. You never listen to me. What'd you say? <laughs> Let's teach people that listening actually means talking. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? I'm out representing the men out here. We can talk <laughs> about sex. And I'm representing women who can also talk about sex and to help them feel comfortable talking about sex. Listen, and let's change some relationships. Don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. All right, Lori, wait, I wait. like it. George, you were telling me last night when we were on the phone that you have found the secret to keeping your wife happy. I think you should tell everybody about that secret. Glass of wine. <laughs> Feet rubbing, twister. <laughs> Weren't you saying that keeping your facial hair different all the time was what really turned your wife on and kept it interesting you got to keep moving your look long hair short hair beard no beard mustache no mustache you got to have lots of looks out there Lori. textured hair textured hair <laughs> then you just don't get a haircut for another couple of months and it's scraggly hair and you know lots lots of looks <laughs> yeah george every time i see him on zoom he looks different it's the craziest thing it's like he grows his beard he has a mustache he shaves it's, it's like i can't keep track of who he is i wish it was intentional most of it's just laziness Lori. but <laughs> yeah but don't let anybody know last that, please. last night though you like had a serious look it was like really different. I'd never seen that look with the way you grew your mustache and stuff. Well, I'm glad someone notices. <laughs> kind of the I, drug I was, laid in, I was <laughs> laid in bed and you know, I guess when a light bulbs are out and Kathy comes running by, she changes the light bulb and I'm like, you know, I would have noticed that for another six months that that thing was out. It's just amazing <laughs> to think some people notice and what other people don't notice. <laughs> okay. I guess I noticed facial hair. Hint, Derek. Hint, hint. Oh, gosh. He has a great beard. And he sometimes he grows it like a goatee and stuff. And I, I really like it. But he's it's white now. And so he doesn't like it. He says he, he thinks it makes him look old. But I I, I like different looks. I, I think that that is sexy. So. All right. Yeah. So listening. Listening. My favorite subject. <laughs> How do we get better at that? What are we going to help our listeners do? I want our listeners to learn this acronym. I've been teaching it to my clients. I've taught it to my kids. It is so powerful. It's REV. R-E-V. V mm -hmm. for victory. R-E-V. And each letter stands for something that we're doing when we're listening. So, George, you always say, if a person brings it up, 
as the listener, I am now on mission, right? I want them to fully, my partner to fully express themselves if they're bringing up something that they want to talk about. Yes. So before we get into the rev, we want to declare our mission, right? It sets the couple up for success if they know who's the person sharing that we want to understand, we want to explore, we want to go on a journey together, right? That is the mission. What happens with too many couples is the one person starts to share, triggers the listener, and then the listener wants to share, and they're doing simultaneous missions where neither person gets heard or understood. Different than simultaneous orgasms. Very different than simultaneous. One leads to (laughs) bonding, the other leads to disconnection. Right. Right. But how do we, you know, it's amazing when couples are more intentional and they have structure to the conversation. We don't mean you have to do this all the time, but in these big conversations that are around these big loaded emotional topics where both of you are going to get triggered, it's nuts to have that conversation without a mission. Mm-hmm. Just hoping that both of you are going to be able to listen to each other, respond to each other mutually. It's just, it's too much for the brain to do, right? We know when the brain is yellow, right? It's, it's, it's getting threatened in a fight or flight response. It loses its ability to be empathetic and to see different perspectives. We get tunnel vision. So again, if me and Lori are going to have a conversation and I want to share something, I'm already teetering on a yellow brain because I'm not sure she's going to hear it because a lot of times Mm -hmm. when we tried to talk about it, it's led to a fight. So when your brain's anticipating fights, when it's anticipating not being listened to, it's already starting to protect itself in the yellow brain. So trying to have that listening partner pick the mission and say, wait a second, I don't have to make it about me for the next couple of minutes. I can give my brain to my partner. Literally, it pulls the partner's brain in the direction of that green openness, that safety, curiosity that that we thrive in in relationships. So again, let's start off picking our mission. Right. And I think if you have something big to talk about or you have something controversial, I like to say to add into that is add a tee up. That means, hey, I need to talk to you about something that's kind of big. And do you have some time? You know, or what would be a good time? You know, that tee up, it isn't, we don't spring it on our partner. Suddenly we're going to talk about, and George and I are going to talk about delayed ejaculation next. It's like you don't just walk up to your partner who is cooking dinner and say, let's talk about delayed ejaculation. You know, I want to talk about this. You know, it's like you have to have some sort of agreement about buy-in. Thank you. This is time. And I know because now I work with a withdrawer, like you got to say, you know, if now is not a good time, that's totally cool. We can do it whenever or whenever you next have time like that. I think that you've taught me gives the withdrawer a sense of freedom and space and like, okay, I'm not on the spot. I don't have to perform. (laughs) The person listening has to want to achieve the mission. If they're doing it out of obligation or guilt, it's not going to work so well. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So when your partner's about to fall asleep and you say, Hey, I want to talk about something, mm. right? it's not a setup for success. Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. they're already getting tired and, and feeling like, and you feel they're not listening. You can see how a fight's brewing, mm-hmm. you know, in that dynamic. So, yeah. you know, the timing means a lot. Having a couple agree that this is the right time is really important before you have this conversation. So yes, if it's not the right time, say, all right, really now's not the right time, but I promise tomorrow after dinner, we're going to take a walk. That would be the right time. I mean, agree upon the time, but that is both people buying into the mission. Okay. Let's teach them how to do it. All right. So R is for reflection. Rev. Reflection, evocative questions, and validation. When you are listening to your partner 
reflection and validation are like the meat and potatoes of listening. So if you're creating a stew, meat and potatoes, big items, reflection and validation. Reflection is repeating back. Validation is saying to your partner, if I had understood things that way, that makes sense that you felt that way. It is not agreement. You don't have to say they're right. You don't have to say that the meaning that they ascribed to your motives is right. You're just trying to put yourself in their shoes and say, that makes sense. Carl Rogers said reflection is really revelation. Mm. We are all deprived of being listened to. When we have somebody give us the space to just kind of repeat back what they're saying, it's amazing what that does to, to kind of deepen the process, to make the person sit longer in their experience, to name it. And it's, it's what starts to bring it to the frontal cortex where we can start to understand it in a better way. And for the person listening, as Lori said, like, let it wash over you. Take in the reflection. That's how you walk in someone's shoes. If Lori says, I feel sad, and I say, yeah, Lori, I hear you saying right now. You know, when your partner walks away, you feel sad. Like I'm taking that in. It's how we co-regulate. It's how we start to join each other in in this space. Mm. Right? We, mm-hmm. we know the power of co-regulation. Reflection is a great way to start tapping into that power. That's That was beautiful what you said. It's really being present with as a listener in your body, like feeling what the person is saying, imagining in it, being with them in it. And and the beautiful thing about that is their body picks up on your body's experience mm-hmm. that is the same as theirs, and we feel better. Yep. Yeah, that's co-regulation, feeling better just by being next to each other and by being heard. I mean, sex, obviously, we talk about that all the time. That's a great co-regulator. But this is emotional co-regulation mm-hmm. that happens in the body, too. Beautiful. So you've done this reflection. Okay. And then it's normal. To, to be able to explore further. That's all the E is. You want to ask a question, an evocative question, like, can you tell me more about that? Or, you know, even right now, as you say that, where are you feeling that? Mm-hmm. Or does that hurt? Or did you, that, That's your natural curiosity expressing itself in a question. Yes. And I think about evocative questions as the salt in the stew. You know, we mostly want to give our partner a reflection and validation. Over and over. That's the meat and potatoes. Evocative questions just helps them go a little bit further. And I think as a listener, I want those to be tiny questions, unagended questions. So you're not saying, well, did you do that because you were so selfish? You know, <laughs> or did you do that because you wanted this to happen? It's like, don't make it so pointed. Make it open-ended. Make it a small little question. Yes. The questions I'm always measuring, does the person hearing the question hear it as an invitation or an accusation, right? If it's going to come across as an accusation, you're going to get that defensive yellow brain. Yes. If it's invitation, that's what we're looking for. And you might not know because a lot of times the speaker doesn't have the answer. They don't know because they haven't really talked about these things and that's okay not to know. So that should be you know, if I'm the listener, I want to keep communicating. It's okay if you don't know. I'm just, you know, trying to figure this out with you, right? I'm expecting not to know some of these answers. And I don't know is such a classic answer for a withdrawer, but even pursuers, sometimes they get flooded. Their brain mm-hmm. kind of is anxious about telling their partner this. And so suddenly they get a question and it's like, uh, I, I don't know. 
I don't know what I felt or I don't know what it meant or I, I don't know what I feel. And so that's just kind of taking space. It's giving yeah. them a minute to think. And so we want to like help them with that. Can you pretend that I don't know and maybe help me with that just so that they can see how I might well, get over na- that? naturally leads to the last one, which is validation. Validation is so critically important because it is responsiveness. It's the very thing that's missing in so many of these conversations, right? So if I ask you, Laura, and you say, I don't know, I- I'm going to be like, it's okay not to know, right? We, we never have these conversations. You know, we, we have tried in the past. It's always ended badly. So you haven't been given this space to become clearer. So it's okay not to know, but that's all I'm trying to do with you now. And really, I, I, I want you to, I want to get a different move for us. So I just want to hang out in this space of not knowing together. Mm. And that feels safe to me. That feels like I, no pressure. You know, you understand that I, I don't have clarity yet. That's why we're talking. Yep. Um, I had a friend who used to say to me when I would say, I don't know, they'd say, well, if you don't know who does, and there was just all this yep. pressure. And I think as a listener, sometimes when you get, I don't know, you feel blocked. You feel like, oh, no, this is the end of the conversation. And, and so there is this natural instinct to push further. But what you just did was you relaxed and you, you made it okay for me to not know and that we were going to explore it together. And, and I feel that. I mean, you know, when I was newly ma- married, I always got this order out of whack. My wife would say she'd want to talk about something and I'd be like, well, what's the problem? <laughs> so I could fix the problem. And I didn't recognize she actually needed the space to become clear about what the problem was, right? She really didn't know the problem. Something was off and she wanted to figure that out with me. And mm-hmm. I wanted her to have the answer so she can give it to me, mm-hmm. right? So again, if your questions are coming from a place of frustration because you want the information, you got to be able to recognize a lot of times a partner doesn't have it. They're not withholding it. They just might not really know. And your ability to validate that is going to go a long way towards having success in these conversations. I, I, oh, I want to say so many things about that, but I think we're out of time. Let's come back from the break right. and talk about it. Okay, George, you said in the beginning of your marriage, your wife would bring something up and you'd say, okay, what's the problem? Like you wanted a concrete thing that you could solve. And I think it's, that's often born in anxiety, right? I'm I'm about to get whacked. I'm about to be told that I wasn't enough, that I did something wrong. Just give it to me quick and I'll fix it. And there's also a lot of real health in being good at fixing things and living in a world that appreciates fixing things and how I feel good about being able to fix things. So it's the best part of me and a part of me that struggles all showing up in that moment. Thank you. The flip side. I love that. Nice. I think too, men often ask me, what does she mean by emotional connection? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think women, they, they often like to process out loud. I mean, that's how they get clarity. So sometimes they're not looking for an answer or a solution to their, their need to let it out. They just need rep. This is how you give emotional connection exactly. is giving rep. Reflection, validation, evocative questions. So it's like she comes home and says, And but just Go ahead. you're okay. giving the rev. You're not listening to me. That okay. rev will I'm I want the men listening to be honored and like what is rev but it's a structure it's trying to help you with a plan because your brain wants to understand something before it can take a risk to do it mm-hmm. right so really all that's emotional engagement is is this is a way of doing that it's providing a structure for that 
Mm-hmm. So we're going to do Rev with this sexual conversation. Yeah, let's do Rev. So we kind of thought maybe you would be a guy who has delayed ejaculation. So that means you can't climax inside. You you know you have difficulty climaxing in your partner's presence. Uh, maybe you can do it with masturbation. Maybe you can do it after intercourse, but you have to lie there and touch yourself. Or in some way, it's difficult for you to really let go. Have an ejaculation, usually insider. So, I mean, a man like this might be thrusting, literally trying to get there for 30 minutes. And as we've talked about innumerable times, that's going to rub her raw. Mm -hmm. So not good. All right. So first thing we got to do is we got to figure out what the mission is. Do we want to talk, explore me and see what that's about? Or do we want to explore Lori to know what it's like on the other end of this delayed ejaculation? Both are hugely important, but if you try to talk about them both at the same time, we're probably going to miss each other. Yep. Okay, so I let's. you are the one who brings it up, so then I am on mission to provide you, Rev, to listen to you as accurately as I can and make it as safe for you as I can to really fully express yourself. All right, so in picking the mission, I could initiate this conversation, or Lori could say, hey, George, I... I I want to know more about you. You could initiate the conversation, but we're, we're figuring out who's the person sharing first. Okay. All right. So I'm sharing first. All right. I'm ready. Want, all right. You're I'm ready. ready. The smile on her face. <laughs> How can you see my smile? This, there's this big microphone in front of me. It's in your eyes. Oh, yeah. Okay. When I guess I, I don't like talking about it, because it feels like the more attention I give this thing, the more it takes up space in our relationship. And I guess if I'm honest, there it is, is there's a pressure that I carry with this. It's like, you know, am I going to have an orgasm? How long is oh. it going to take? Oh. Or, you know, it, it, are you going to get dry? Is it like, am I becoming annoying? It's like, you know, and there's so many times I think, oh, no, I'm going to have it. I'm, and then it just doesn't happen. And it's like, mm. It's, I don't know, it's just really tiring. Okay, I, I wasn't quite sure what you were talking about there, but you want to talk about that sometimes it's hard for you to climax, and it, I guess what I'm hearing is it's even hard to bring this up to me and talk about it. There's so many things that you feel about this. Yes. You know, problems that you think about, and you've probably tried to manage that all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad you're telling me. Can you tell me a little bit more, like, when it starts to happen, like, what goes through your brain? When it starts to not happen, I guess. You said, sometimes I am about yeah. to come, and then I don't. Well, it's like, I'm always afraid it's going to happen. But when I start out, it's like, no, this is going to be good. This is going to be like, you're feeling great. Everything's working well. Like, it's going to happen. Like... So it's like, I'm kind of relaxed when it's starting, it's going to happen. And it's like, it feels like it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden I hit this moment where it's like, wait a second, it's not happening. Mm. It's not happening. Mm. And it's like, that's where I get like, uh oh, wait a second, it's not happening. And I don't know, that, that's, that's a tough spot. So we start making love, it feels good. And you're like, everything's good. It's playful. You're yeah. feeling sort of increasing 
enjoyment and pleasure and it's going to mm. happen and you're all there. And then sometimes you kind of hit this place where suddenly you realize it's not going to happen. Could, could you tell me like what you say inside when you hit that moment? It's not going to happen. Yeah, I guess I say like, uh oh, here we go again. You know, why, why is it not working? Mm. What is, what am I doing wrong here? Mm-hmm. That, you know, you're really into it. You usually reach an orgasm. It's like, I want to have an orgasm. Like, I feel like I were, we're mm. ready to just have that. And it's mm. like, now it's not happening. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's disappointing. Mm. I can, I can imagine if your body is like kind of going in one direction you know, you really want to climax. You want to be with me when I climax. And suddenly you hit that place. No wonder you feel disappointed and frustrated, I would imagine, too. Yeah, I just want to have it. I want to come inside you. I want to feel that. It's like it's it's like I, I want this meal. It's right before me and I, I can't get it. Mm. So it's like this meal that y- you can taste it almost. Yeah. But but you just can't swallow, so to speak. You just don't get it, the satisfaction of really getting there. And yeah, it's I like know a you plexiglass wall blocking it. I just can't get it. You're you're just behind the wall, behind this plexiglass. There's you can see it, taste it, but you can't quite reach it and you're frustrated. And I know we've had this conversation before and hasn't gone so well. And so I, I imagine it's like even just telling me, you know, how much you want it. First of all, I got to say that makes me feel good. And I'm so glad you're talking about this, but I get it. It's like, you just, it's tantalizing almost. You're you're right there. Yeah. And I don't want to give up. So I just like put my head down and grind. I'm like, I'm going to get this. I'm not going to give up Mm -hmm. on this. I'm going to like, and I just like, I don't know. It's it feels, yeah. Mm, honey, I, I can hear that. You're putting your head down and grinding, and it's it's like you're now you're working at it. It's yeah, like it all turns that, into work. All that playful thing that you talked about in the beginning seems like it, it disappears for you, and you're just trying to get there. Yeah. Grinding it out, literally, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I never realized that, but I, yeah, I do lose the playfulness. I lose the like, in the beginning, what it feels is very different in this spot where I'm grinding. Mm-hmm. And when you're grinding, is anything going through your head at that point? Is it like, are you feeling anything about us, about me, about you, or do you need anything? What What's happening? I'm just feeling frustrated because I'm going to have an orgasm. So I just want to have an orgasm inside of you. But if... If I can't get there, then you know, I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to masturbate myself again because that's usually, you know, how it's predictable, and mm-hmm. you know, it feels good to have that orgasm, but it doesn't feel so good to have to do it that way when I would rather do it with you. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. It. I mean, I know masturbation is different than what I feel when you're inside me and I come. It's different, so I can imagine it's frustrating. Like you really want it. You want it to be with me. And then you grind and 
you, you've sort of lost the eroticism, the playfulness. It, it's just working it and you can't get there. That would be so frustrating. Yeah, so. And I, I know sometimes things go badly between us. Like you, you get upset afterwards, you know, and you're like, okay, I'll just go jerk off. And it's, it's almost like this big downer. Help me with that. You know, I'm grinding and then I know I'm going to have an orgasm with masturbation, but it's almost like, I guess my experience of you has been something is really shifting inside you. Yeah, I, I think it's that grinding. It's the shift in me. It's like I'm mad. Mm. I'm mad that I'm here again. I know mm. you You want me to orgasm inside you. You always mm. ask for that. I want to orgasm. We both want it, and I'm just disappointing you, and my body's just not doing what it's supposed to do. It's something broken about it. Like, what the heck can I just have an orgasm, and I'm mm. going to have an orgasm afterwards by jerking off. I mean, what the hell is wrong with me? Mm. Oof. So, so you're really beating yourself up. What the hell is wrong with me? That that cannot be sexy. You know, you're you're just so frustrated. What is wrong? Why is it not working? All of those thoughts are coming. No wonder you can't climax, honey. I mean, but I I, I just I think that feels so bad when I hear you talk about it. it it's mm-hmm. this impossible place. It's like you've lost the playfulness. Yeah. You're grinding away. You can't get there and you're beating yourself up. What the hell is wrong with me? So again, let's pause here. Okay. Notice the space Lori has given me helps me start to become clearer. If we had this conversation and 30 seconds in, Lori's saying, but wait a second, why did you do this? And what, you know, what about me? Like, I'm never going to get to this place that I'm starting to get to now. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, I'm starting to see through the conversation with Laurie, like, yeah, how the heck am I supposed to have an orgasm when I'm beating myself up? I'm grinding and I'm frustrated <laughs> and I'm not playful. Not such an ideal <laughs> environment to have an orgasm. Right. Right. So that, right. that you're helping me see that through just being with me. Right. And, you know, I could I could feel even in the role play. It's like I, I wanted to interject things that I knew or, you know, was pretending to know and Everything in me is like, how can I help you? You know, I want to know what I can do to make it better for you. And I'm just holding those questions back to to help you process more, to be with you in this. Because mm-hmm. you get left alone in this. Okay, now I'm back to the role play. You, you get left alone in it. I'm, you know, you're, you're in this hardworking place beating yourself up. And you never have really told me that. I, I am so glad you're saying it out loud today. You know, I didn't. I didn't know what happened, but it just feels like a terrible turnoff. Yeah. Well, it feels better for me to talk about it too, because I didn't realize what was how bad it was for me either. Mm-hmm. It is. So it is bad. It's almost like this arc. You come up, you're feeling pleasure, and then the work starts. You beat yourself up. You feel frustrated, and there's really very little eroticism. In closing here, Lori. Yes. What we're inviting our listeners to do with Rev is, and the most important part of it is you got to be impacted as you're reflecting, asking evocative questions and Mm -hmm. validating. You're literally walking in your partner's shoes to give them the space to not be alone. We do better with other people making sense of what's happening instead Mm -hmm. of on our own. Mm -hmm. Lori gives me the gift of her presence so I can make sense of this space inside of me that when it's happening, it's pretty lonely. 
right? I feel disconnected from her, even though I'm grinding. I feel pretty frustrated with myself. I start beating myself up. I just want to have an orgasm before, you know, and I'm mad at her. I'm jerking off and I'm going away. And it's like, there's a lot there that I never talk about that never gets seen. Mm -hmm. And Lori's gift through Rev just allows me to feel less alone. It's a lot easier to reach solutions when somebody else is alongside of you. Absolutely. I almost wish we could have commentated as we went, but it's, you know, reflection, validation, that makes sense, I'm hearing you, and evocative questions, which is small questions, just trying to get the partner to give you a little bit more. You know, hear them and maybe ask for more. That's it. We're not, evocative questions are not solution-oriented. They're not solving anything at this point. Nice. But yeah, yeah, that, that was, I liked that. Okay. Thanks for listening. Keep the rev going. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability. Lori, we just keep pushing it. Coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical moment-by-moment moves of what a therapist can use. And we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough there's talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? Give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. You need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.